0: You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church, with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenchurch.com. We're going to do
1: something that we call a three by ten. We're going to have three uh, leaders from our church, and they're going to speak for about ten minutes or so. But I'm I'm calling it Breakthrough Sunday because every single one of these speakers has experienced unbelievable breakthrough. And what I want you to do as you're listening to them is I want you to see yourself in them. Because uh, although you may think that they are paid professional communicators slash supermodels because of the excellence they're gonna bring to the platform, they're just like you. They're people that go just like me. People that go to our church who have laid down their life for the vision of this house to serve and build the house of God. And God has moved miraculously and supernaturally in their life. And so we're going to hear from three amazing speakers. One of them is going to be Mr. Chris Brown. Then we're going to hear from Lori Fuerte. And then we're going to hear from Mr. Tony Rivera, bringing it home. And hey, in true Awakened Church fashion, We're gonna make it easy on them to preach. We're gonna shout them down. I want you to laugh at all their jokes. I want you to lean in, take notes. But up first, we have my neighbor and uh, a very good friend of mine. And he's um, one of the most humble guys I know. And he's not, he won't say this, so I'll go ahead and do it. Um, He's a really big deal. He is the uh, United States rugby coach for the USA women's national team. He would be, he would be gold winning olympic rugby coach but they postponed the olympics till j until 2021 or something but i'm prophesying will you welcome to the stage gold medal winning rugby coach mr chris brown come on chris wow uh thank you pastor mike uh firstly
2: can we uh just put our hands together for this amazing band the atmosphere is amazing today uh, and, and secondly, Carla. Wow, what a word. Now, just so you know, she's moving next door, so you can add that to the prophecy. Uh, and as Pastor Mike shared, uh, her husband's actually speaking at the end of this. So um, good luck to follow that up, mate. So... Uh First things first, thank you, Pastor Mike, Pastor Katie. Thank you for the opportunity to share. The excellence that you walk in is inspiring, uh, and we wouldn't be where we are today if it wasn't for you. And I think sometimes we take them for granted and what they sacrifice and, and what they go through to allow us to be who we are. And we need to remember that we can only grow, we can, we can only fulfill the anointing on our life as well as they lead us. So I'm very, very thankful. Yeah. All right, so I've got nine minutes left. Uh, We're gonna jump into 1 Samuel 16, okay? You'll see it up on the board, but first and foremost, I've got two promises for you. One, I'll try and keep this interesting. Two, if you struggle with my accent, do not worry. I'll be finished in nine minutes. All right, so we're going to jump into, uh, yeah, 1 Samuel 16, I believe, and uh, we're going to look at a couple of different things, but where we're going to jump into the story is in verse 1, and you'll you'll see God speaking to Samuel, who ultimately goes on to anoint David to be the next king of Israel. So let's just start from verse 1. The Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul? Saul's the current king. Was anointed, got that taken away. Since I've rejected him as king over Israel, fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I'm sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. Now that's David's father. I've chosen one of his sons to be king. But Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears about this, he will ultimately kill me. You can hear the fear coming through. The Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I'll show you what to do you are to anoint for me the one I indicate. Samuel goes on and does what the Lord asked. Now what stood out for me is not the fact that Samuel was scared and he questioned God. It's not the fact that no matter how he was feeling, he still went through and followed through on what he was anointed to do. The biggest thing that stood out for me when I was reading this was the fact that for Samuel to fulfill the anointing, for us to fulfill the anointing of our lives, first we have to be listening. Let's continue in verse 11, where it tells us that uh, Samuel asked... So we're picking up the story where Samuel's finally got to Jesse. and uh, So Samuel asked Jesse, Are these all of your sons? Uh, Jesse replies, There is still the youngest, and he is tending the sheep. Samuel said, Send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sends for him, and he had him brought back. He was glowing in health and had a fine appearance and some handsome features. Sounds like our pastors, to be fair. (laughs) Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him. See, I'm not sure if you realize, but this is the first time that we hear about David in the Bible. Now, why does this matter? Because everything we read about David, if this is the first time, is under God's anointing. And within the power that came upon him when the Spirit came upon him. So today I want to talk about what it means to be anointed for greatness. And who's anointed for greatness? So let's just have a look at some of the things that David achieved. I think we all know that he went on. He he was the only one that stood up when uh, his country required him to stand up. Probably can relate to the day a little bit. And he took down a giant, he took down Goliath to protect his people. When he ultimately continued, when he went into battle on his own, he would take down thousands and thousands of warriors of their enemies. Following this, when he became king, he would ultimately unite millions of people, and they would go and conquer nation after nation. And for the pathfinders in the room, He was also the richest person in the world. He owned half the wealth in the whole entire nation. Just to put that in perspective, that would be over $180 trillion today. So please don't tell me that God's anointed is not meant to be wealthy. All right, so let's continue on. Let's look at some of the other things in David's life Um, because there's a journey to his story, just like every one of us. And... uh, See, David wasn't that well-liked uh, by a lot of people. Um, he was actually hated by many. And he actually had the king of the nation chasing him around for years, trying to kill him. Yeah. If you can relate to that last point, I please come to the front and we'll pray afterwards. <laughs> he was constantly in battle. He was always in a fight. I don't think you'll find a verse or a, sorry, a chapter in the Bible where David is, is referring to David where he's not in battle. He's not in a fight. All right, so ultimately he had a lot of tough choices. And if you read the life of David, then you can also side point, okay? Not, not part of this sermon, but you'll see where, like Samuel, you'll see where David was listening and maybe where he wasn't listening to God with regards to the testimonies in his life. But fortunately, there's much of where he is listening. Anyway, blabbering on, sorry, team. I've got three minutes left. If David hadn't gone through those last three points, what's the likelihood that he would actually achieve those first four? Because it's in the journey where God shapes us. Now, I take a testimony of my own, as Pastor Mike shared. I coach one of the Olympic teams right now, and I've been coaching that team for the last three years. But five years prior to to that, I actually labelled the person that I was working for my king, soul. And uh, because he he was a harsh individual, controlling, pessimistic, uh, and he was very unstable. You never knew where he was going to stand. So the inconsistency just kept everybody on edge. I wanted to quit every week. Well, let's say month, okay? Let's not exaggerate. Um, I wanted to quit every week. But the thing was, this guy was regarded as the best in the world at what he does. And I knew the longer I stayed under his leadership, under his mentorship, that the more I would learn, which would ultimately allow me to fulfill the anointing that was on my life, just like the anointing that was on, as we've heard about here, David's life. Let's fast forward to a year ago, ultimately stepping out from under his leadership, stepping into this Olympic program that we're in at the moment, part of the blessing or the anointing that was on my life and is on my life still, is I took him to number one in the world for the first time ever. I was also recognised as the best coach in the world in 2019. Now, the reason I share this is, again, not to stand up here and boast for myself, etc. It's to realise that I hated that five years. And would I go through it again? I wouldn't really want to. Okay? Because, but I've got no doubt that there's more coming. Because God's still shaping me, still developing me. And just like David, everyone in this room is called to that Greatness. But I think one of the things that really breaks God's heart in the church today is so many people don't step into the anointing that's upon them. And one of of the big reasons for that is we don't realize that the moment you call or step forward and ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, you're stepping into the same anointing that was on King David's life. Well, you're standing, oh yeah, okay, Brownie, man. He, he was anointed to be the greatest king in Israel. Yeah. How can you really say that, you know, we've got the same anointing on our lives? Well, let's not take him then. Let's take the prophet Elijah. All right, in, in James 5:17 it tells us about a man who ultimately, when he prayed, things happen. Three years, no rain, thanks, Elijah. Not great if you're in a desert. He also called fire down from heaven. but And he was also one of the only people that God took up to heaven before he died. So you can't tell me that the anointing on uh, Elijah's life is not as powerful as the anointing on David's life. But in James 5, it tells us that Elijah was a man just like us. And if you still can't believe me, then turn to Romans 2, where it tells us that God doesn't have any favorites. Number two, one of the reasons why I think, you know, it's, we don't step into the anointing that God's given us and the power that's available to us is we can't hear God because we're even not listening or there's too many distractions in our lives that are stopping us from hearing. And finally, I believe many don't step into the calling or the anointing that's on our lives, that greatness that God's called us for because we don't want to fight. So my encouragement for you today is seek out God. Ask what limitations you've placed on yourself. Where are those barriers? Maybe it is that not recognizing that you've been positioned underneath God as as his child and the same anointing, the same anointing for greatness as was on David's life and Elijah's life. And I just want to pray that he will give you the strength to continue searching, and that you'll be courageous to remain in the fight. Thank you for listening.
1: Come on, give it up for Chris Brown. Way to go, coach. Come on. Amazing, amazing. And next to the stage, we have a young lady, her and her handsome husband look after um, our youth, um, all the, uh, the high schoolers and, um, and do just such an amazing job and I'm just so thankful for them. I can't think of, of two people who have really been in this fight with us uh, more than you guys, and uh, I shouldn't do this, but just I want to publicly um, just honor you and Ito. It's been really amazing. Uh, I've been noticing on Instagram they're going to every high school in the area once a week and praying over the high school, like actually physically there, and Katie and I didn't ask them to do that. I didn't even know they were doing it. Now I'm like, I feel really guilty. So I texted Ito. I was like, hey, I'm going to go next week. (laughs) Anyway, so it's just been so amazing watching you guys just step into this role and just um, go into battle for the youth of this amazing city. So would you please hop to your feet and welcome the amazing, the beautiful, the powerhouse, Lori Fuerte.
3: Hi, guys. You guys can take a seat. So first off, I just want to say thank you to Pastor Katie and Pastor Mike. You guys are, we all know, they're awesome. It's so great to just be under your leadership, and I just thank you so much for everything that you're doing for this church and for all of us. So thank you. But, well, so 2020 has been such an interesting year, hasn't it? It's 2020. 2020 has literally been the year of the unexpected, and everything just went bonkers. And... Um, you know, a lot of weddings were canceled. Kids, you guys couldn't go to school. And a lot of kids couldn't graduate. They couldn't walk down the rite of passage. A lot of people lost their jobs. And, you know, and some people even lost loved ones. And they couldn't, they couldn't go to their own funeral because we weren't allowed to gather. So much has been lost in the year of 2020. But what, so my question to you guys is, what happens when the plans that you had didn't go according to your plan? Like what? Like what? What happens to that? Do you run? Do you retreat? And do you say and curse God and say, "Well, God, you didn't come through for me, so I don't want anything to do with you," or do you still continue to trust Him? And um, God revealed to me the Scripture in Proverbs 19:21, and it says, "Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails." And that that Scripture really touched me because. I am a control freak. And if you didn't know that, well, now you know, I am the biggest control freak. I'm the type of girl that makes a list to make a list to make a list. And I need everything going according to the way I had planned it. But what God revealed to me in the scripture is that, like, we all could have so many plans in our life, but ultimately it's the Lord's purpose that prevails, not my own purpose. Because God knows a purpose he has for us and his purposes are always far greater than anything that we could even imagine. And, and then for a, so for a control freak like me, that verse is kind of like, oh my gosh, like how, like, no, I can't do that. I, Lord, you, you, you bless me with this, this quality. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to use it. Right. But, but what the, what God was t- trying to teach me was that. Lori, you need to relinquish control because I have this plan for you next year. And the plan I have for you, I, you can't have that control over your life. You need to lean on to me for, for next year in order for you to go to where I need you to go. Um, and that's exactly what my birth, my, my, um, my, my birth story is. So this year, I had a baby. His name is Luke. <laughs> And, and real quick, I just wanna give a shout out to all my Prego Squad ladies. So if you had a baby in 2020, in the year of the craziness, please stand up. Please stand up and let's give them a round of applause because these women are amazing. <laughs> and I, I honestly, I couldn't have done it with, without you girls because I needed you guys through this whole crazy, crazy pandemic. But um, two weeks prior to my due date, I went to the doctors and I was given this word. My doctor told me that I wouldn't be able to have this my child naturally. And that was one of the worst news that I could hear because I honestly, that was my dream that there was no other way for me to have this baby. I said, I spoke that I was gonna have this baby naturally. And that's what I expected. I expected God to give me exactly what I wanted. And I realized that I was kind of manipulating God's word to fit into my life. And I was like, oh no, if if I love God, then he's gonna grant all the desires of my heart. And I manipulated that scripture to fit my life. And, but so when God was, so when, sorry. So when the doctor told me this news, I was like, no, I canceled that in Jesus name. That's not going to happen. Like, no, like, Lord, you know that I want to have this baby naturally. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. And then finally it came to the point of, of my pregnancy where I had to get induced, which was also something that I didn't want. And, um, And so it was very humbling because I had to step into a situation where I had no control. I didn't have control over when my baby was going to come or how he was going to come. I just had to go into the unknown. And I was laboring for like about 15 hours. The doctor came in and he once again told me the words, you're not going to be able to have your baby naturally. And I was like, no, Lord, like, I know you're, you're a good father. Like, there's no way that you're going to, you're going to rob me from this. There's no way you're going to rob me from the one thing that I wanted most and was, and that was to have my baby naturally. There's no way. So when all the doctors left and the nurses left, my husband and I, we prayed in that room and we went into war. We prayed that for my my child to be healthy, which he was. We prayed for um, just everything you could think of, but ultimately our prayers was, Lord, let your will be done and not my own. Let your, let your um, power prevail and not my own. So then long story short, I wasn't able to deliver him naturally and I had to go get a c-section and during that process it was devastating It literally broke my heart and I was like oh my gosh I I literally cried from the moment the doctor told me the news of you can't have this baby naturally all the way up until my child I heard my child cry and one moment I was lying on a bed and the next moment I hear a cry and I'm like what do you mean I, I had a baby like it makes no sense I have always imagined having this baby and him coming out and me holding him and embracing him like so many other women before me have done they got to love their child right away they got to have tears of joy and here I am crying I'm not crying tears of joy because I'm so happy to hear his voice but I'm crying because I'm like God you robbed me you robbed me of what I'm supposed to feel I was supposed to feel a certain way for my child and I don't even want to hold him The nurses told me, do you want to see your baby mom? And I said, no, it's okay. You could give him to, to his dad. Like it's fine. And in that moment, the enemy crept into my, my mind and was telling me, you don't love your child. You don't have a connection to that sweet baby boy. You're never going to be the mom that you want to be with your child. And little did I know that the prayer and the warfare that we, me and my husband did in that hospital room, I would have needed that, that faith. I would have needed that peace of God that he gave to us in that moment because I was quickly able to recognize the lie of the enemy. See the enemy, he wanted to, he wanted to destroy my child's life, and he wasn't even a minute old yet. The enemy was already attacking his life and trying to tell him that he's not loved, that no one cares for him, that his own parents don't even have any type of feelings towards him. And my husband and I, we were able to recognize the enemy's voice and cancel it and rebuke it in the name of Jesus. And the beautiful thing is about God is we might be going through something terrible, but God doesn't let us stay in it. God, God helped us, my husband and I, get over the fact that, yeah, it didn't go my way, but, but it's not my way. Ultimately, like I said in Proverbs 19.21, it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. And um, what I learned in all of that is I really need to let go of control. I, you know, and I thought I had let go of control. There's so many circumstances where I let go of control, like financially, I let go of control. Work stuff, let go of control. But God was trying to tell me, I need you to let go of all control. And God today is telling some of you guys, do you trust me? Do you only trust me when I do good things for you? Or will you trust me when when I don't do, when the things that you don't want happen? Will you still trust me even though the worst scenario that happened to you in your whole life, will you still trust me with your life? Because if, if, if we do, we know that the Lord's purpose always prevails, but we know that God is always so good to us. And as, as, um, as, as a reminder of God's grace and love and mercy, God also revealed another scripture to my husband and I. And um, our child was born on 828. And if you look in the book of Romans 8, chapter 28, it says, For we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. See, and then when I was looking at this scripture, I was like, man, like, we're called according to God's purpose, not our own, not our own understanding. So that just goes to show you how much we really need to relinquish control. We need to relinquish that and give it all to God because God is, he's, his plans for us is far greater than what we could ever think of. So today I encourage you to ask God to reveal to you what areas in your life aren't you giving to God? What areas? in your life are you still holding a little bit of control? Because God can't use that. He wants, he, God needs to use all of you. He needs all of you in order for, for you to fulfill His purpose. And with that, um, I just want you guys to close your eyes and I just want to pray over those of you who are suffering from control and it's okay to admit that you have control and, and you feel like you you want to control every aspect of your life. So Father God, I thank you for what you're doing in this room right now. I pray for all of those people who, who are still holding on to control, who who still want to control every aspect of your life right now, Father God. And I just pray that you reveal those areas to them. I pray that you continue to just bless them and help them through these circumstances, Father God, we trust you, we love you, and every day we will tell you that we love you and we trust you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.
1: Amen, amen. Give it up for Lori Fuerte. What a word. Goodness gracious. I'm not crying, you're crying. Okay? Hey, stay standing for just a second. As we uh, round third and headed home, we're going to hear from uh, a civil servant, A firefighter for the best Dadgum, Firehouse, Fire Station 19 in San Diego. But uh, him and his wife, uh, Tony and Carla, have been uh, really pillars of our campus since since its inception. And so you're going to hear from somebody who um, has a uh, vision for, that understands the vision of this house, that's laid down his life for this house and has seen God do breakthrough after breakthrough. So would you please give it up for the man, the myth, the legend, Tony Rivera!
0: Man, come on, Awaken Church. How we doing this morning? Amazing. Hey, uh, can we just give it up real quick for uh, Lori and Chris Brown? Amazing, man. Most would be intimidated to try to follow you too, but you set an atmosphere up here that is just going to be so easy to preach in. Uh, Again, though, honor where honor is due to our amazing pastors of this house, Pastor Mike, Pastor Katie, Pastor Stacy, Pastor Steven, Pastor Gina, and prophesying it already, Pastor Rudy and Gladys. Hey, but go ahead, take your seat, y'all. We're going to have some fun here. If you've never heard me preach, you're going to get a workout, stretch your neck a little bit, because I use this side, I use that side. I'm a little bit all over the place um, because I am just sold out for God, 100% sold out for God and sold out for this house. Um, And today I have the honor uh, to really just kind of share... something that God really did with me this past year, uh, and he broke down a story in the Bible, and I'll read it really quick. It's in Luke, but there's some things in there that just just were amazing and really have led to some great, great breakthrough in my life, especially over this year, and I want to share it with you because I really do hope and I really do believe that a lot of you are going to find yourself in this, so be expectant right now. Shift it right now. Right now, make the decision that I'm going to see myself in there and I'm going to look for it. Look for it. You have to seek it, okay? A lot of times we sit and we wait and we just pray that this thing is going to open up and the spotlight's going to fall. Sometimes it takes work. Sometimes it takes us positioning ourselves and saying, I want to find it. So this morning, find it. All right, and I'm going to help you find it with me. So let's go. It's in Luke 17, and I'm going to read it quick, but just follow through. So Luke 17, 11. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out, Uh, called out in a loud voice, Jesus, master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus's feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Were were, were there not ten of you? Were not ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. So here we go. I'm going to break this down, how God broke it down to me and how the Holy Spirit revealed some amazing revelation. So if we go back and we look at it at the beginning, um, as he entered into the village, ten men came crying out to him, right? Ten men from a distance came out to him. And that kind of stuck out to me. Why at a distance? Why at a distance? Well, for them it made sense, right? Because they were lepers. They were lepers and they had this identity of being unclean. They had this identity that nobody wanted me to get close. They had That vision. They had and accepted that identity. Because if you see nowhere in there does it say that Jesus said, stop. Don't come to me. Don't come near me. And I believe, because this is how I saw myself, that there's some people in here that are stopping short. That are stopping short because of things that have been spoken over you. Because of things that have happened to you. Or for whatever reason, you are stopping short of the master. You're stopping short of the king. You're stopping short of the one who actually wants you close. Don't stop short. Do not stop short, okay? So the next thing we see that he tells them and he heals them and it's amazing, right? Real quick, you're healed. Turn around and go and show yourself clean and he healed them all. But one, one came back, right? And again, I'm going to stop there because as I was reading this, God kind of told me, he goes, are you the nine or are you the one? Are you the nine or are you the one? Have you received blessing? Have you seen my goodness? Have you seen what I can do in your life, but yet you just turn around and go? Or do you come back and get to know me even more and get to really see who it is that I want to be? Because the blessing is easy. I can do it like that, and I will do it like that. But if you come and you get to know me, watch and see what I'll do for you. Watch and see what I'll do for you. And here we go. Watch, because it just keeps going. It's an amazing story when you really seek it out and you look for it. Because the next thing that that one does is he comes and he throws himself at the feet of Jesus. This is so key so so key because there is a posture that this one is showing us the posture of thankfulness the posture of gratitude to come and throw himself at the knees of the king and say thank you lord for my blessing thank you for being you and now that intimacy has been created it's no longer just about the blessing it's about the relationship No longer about the blessing, it's about the relationship. And that is so key for us to do. And when we do that, so many things change. One thing I did with the guys um, in men's prayer over the past couple weeks was I told them, just let's go on a little bit of a challenge together. And let's take communion every day. Every day for the rest of this year. We had about 22 or 23 more days left. And I said, let's take communion every day and let's see what God can do. Because it's real easy to say 2020, oh man, what a year it's been. And start to write it off already and look to 2021. But in essence, what we're doing when we do it, what we're doing when we do that is tell God that you can't do anything with the remaining year which is untrue. So if you've believed that, I don't say this in any way to kind of spite you or talk down to you, change your language. Change it, you can do it right now. There's still a few more days. He wants to make 2020 your best year. Let's not already throw it out and say what's gonna happen next year when God still has time to do it this year. Our house is coming this year, babe. Not next year, this year. No matter what anybody tells me, because I have not only received blessing, I have positioned myself at the foot of the cross, and I know God can do it. And he wants to do it. So to end this, because there's more, there is more. When he came, positioned himself, postured himself at the foot of the cross, giving gratitude and thanks, he gets a word. This is probably the biggest thing I want to share with you. He gets a word from the king himself. Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. A word from God will change your life. Because this is what I think. This is the way I see this right now. Nine got their blessing, said thank you, go on with their life. One came, positioned himself, got a word from God, and went on with his life. Story ends there, but did their life end there? No. I'm sure they went out, got married, because they're no longer lepers, probably got married, had kids, started a business, whatever you want to add into there. I'm sure somewhere in there some struggle came. I'm sure in there maybe some financial hardships came. Something in there, some hurt, some trauma, some anxiety, depression, name it. I'm sure they faced it. I'm sure they did, but this is the difference. Nine of them, nine of them are going to be seeking blessing again. Nine of them seeking blessing. Where is it? Where is my blessing? One of them is going to have a word from God to hold on to. Not only did you bless me, but you gave me a word. And even though right now my circumstance looks like this, even though right now my situation looks like this, you not only blessed me once, you've given me a word to hold on to to get me through this season of my life. So I encourage you today, church. I encourage you. Don't stop short. Meet the master, get to know him. Get to have an intimate relationship with him. Read his word. Hold on to the word that he wants to give you. He wants to give it to you. And then just see, just see how he's gonna work in your lives. And so what I'd like to do right now is I would, I would like for everybody's eyes to close, every head to bow, because I know there's some people out here that can, can kind of fall in all of those categories. There's some people here, maybe you've been a Christian for, you know, 10 days, 10 months, 10 years. But you found yourself at certain points in life, and 2020 is a prime example where maybe we've stopped short. Maybe we've stopped short, and just like how I was saying earlier, it's real easy to just say 2021. Come on, God, that's gonna be the best year. No. Let's go all the way in 2020, and let's believe that God can do more. So let's not stop short. And so, if you—if if, if that's you—and like I said, I mean, you just feel distant right now. In a few moments, I'm going to ask you to do something brave and just receive Christ into your heart and just make that—that—that that, that declaration and that commitment to say, "No, God, I want you close. I want you here." Or maybe you find yourself where you've received that blessing and then you just kind of turned away and went on with life. You know that we're falling short of that true intimacy that God wants for us. Um. Or maybe you find yourself there and like, you're just, God, I need a word. Speak to me, speak to me now, give me something. I haven't heard your voice in a while. I haven't heard it, so let today be the day, Lord God. Today be the day where you just share a word with me and let me know that you are him. So right now, if you are somebody who has never received Christ into your heart, and today you want to, today is the day where you're saying, God, I wanna receive you or if you're that person who, again, has, has known him before, but for whatever reason you feel that distance or you feel, you know, that, 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 that gap, today I wanna encourage you to receive him again. And so what we're gonna do right now with all eyes closed and head bowed, no one's looking, this is a moment for you to just have that closeness and that fullness of God. I want you to raise your hand so that I can see it and we can pray for you and we're gonna just, we're gonna just receive, we're gonna receive Jesus again. We're gonna receive the glory and the goodness. So just on the count of three right now, if that's you and you want that, you want that new, you want that fresh anointing, you want God to come back into your life for the first time or for the hundredth time, I want you on the count of three to raise your hand, be bold, be brave, today is the day. One, two, three. Thank you, I see that hand, thank you, I see that hand, thank you, I see that hand. Come on, thank you, I see that hand, thank you, I see that hand right here in the middle. Come on, today is that day. Thank you, I see that hand, thank you. Come on, God wants to meet you here today. He wants to transform. He wants to make this year the best year. So again, if that's you, I only got a few moments left. I only got a few moments left if that that's you. All right, thank you, I see that hand. Thank you. Over there in the back, I see that hand. Thank you so much. All right. Well, you can go ahead and open your eyes and raise your heads up. And wow, amazing. I think we had seven or eight. Seven or eight hands go up. Man, that that that's it. That's the reason why. <laughs> that is the reason why I'm so, so, so happy and so proud of you of you guys, but we're gonna do this, hey, with you all who raised your hand, we're all gonna share this prayer together. Um, but this is gonna be such an amazing, amazing prayer for you guys right now. And again, it's just gonna be that thing I feel that's gonna just be the catalyst for such an amazing, not only year, but an amazing life for you guys ahead. So hey, as a church, let's all stand so we can go ahead and say this prayer with those amazing seven or eight people that raised their hand. And let's just say, Heavenly Father, I just thank you today that you sent your Son many years back on the greatest rescue mission for all of us here today. Lord God, today I receive you. I receive your Holy Spirit. I acknowledge right now that I am a sinner, but that your Son Jesus died on the cross to forgive me of those sins. And we pray all this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.